Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and this is not going to be a Q&A episode, but it is going to be addressing a lot of questions that have come up lately because the Carbohydrate Strategies for Fat Loss e-course is back online. You guys know I took it down on December 1st to move it over to a different platform and make some changes. And so this is just a big focus. And I think part of the reason that so many questions are coming in related to cravings and carbohydrates and carbohydrate strategies is because a lot of us are still in that period of renewed motivation and focus to reach our goals in 2016. And if you feel like maybe your year hasn't been off to the start that you intended or you haven't been as consistent as you told yourself you would be, don't sweat it. It's done. It's gone. We are moving forward. And every day is a new opportunity to have a great day. And it doesn't mean that every day will be a great day. It doesn't mean that every day will feel like we made the choices we really wanted to make, but we always have room for improvement and progress. And we're gonna start with this episode and making changes based on clearing up some of the fundamental misunderstandings. The carb stuff and the craving stuff is probably the second most common topic that I get questions on. First is like the mental emotional stuff, emotional eating and self-sabotage. But there's so much misinformation related to carb timing, ideal quantity and type of carbohydrates, and managing cravings, right? And when we talk about carbohydrates, I think most of us immediately think about bread, pasta, potatoes, rice, and then we become a little bit carb phobic, right? Here's one thing that I want to just clear up right off the bat before we dive in, and that is if you follow me on Instagram, you see a lot of picture of my meals, right? I post a lot of the stuff that I eat on there because people are curious about that. What I want you to realize and pay attention to, and and you can realize this even if you are not um, seeing my stuff on Instagram, which is totally fine, the majority of my plate in terms of volume, like the percentage of my plate, it is mostly carbohydrate. Seriously, vegetables. Non-starchy vegetables are carbohydrates. They don't not count. And that is what makes up the majority of my meals. If you look at my meals, and not just me, but really most of my clients, most of my plate, doesn't mean most of my calories or most of my energy, but most of my plate is carbohydrate, those non-starchy vegetables. And I really want to encourage you to break out of what I think is a very confusing paradigm about carbohydrates being bad and needing to cut carbs, and start looking at this objectively 
and truthfully, I want you to eat more carbs. I want you to eat more vegetables. I want that to be the majority of your plate. I don't want the chicken or the steak to be the majority of your plate. I do not want the bacon or the avocado to be the majority of your plate in terms of volume. I'm not talking about a percentage of calories because that can get a little bit more confusing since fat, for example, has more than twice as much calorie content compared to protein and carbs. But these vegetables, guys, that make up about 50% of my plate and often more, they are so powerful for suppressing hunger because of the way that they suppress the hunger hormone, ghrelin. Plus, they are so good for detoxification, removing toxins, supporting the elimination of toxins from your body, and for hormone balance. So let me be very clear here, guys. Carbohydrates are not the problem. The problem when it comes to health, fat loss, constant hunger, uh, really irritating cravings, is lack of control of blood sugar and insulin. We need to separate that from carbohydrates. Yes, certain carbohydrates are the drivers of insulin, and they impact insulin, carbohydrates, more than the other macronutrients. But we can't just look at this class of carbohydrates and say that they are bad, because what happens when we do that is we overemphasize fat and protein, and we set ourselves up for not giving our bodies the nutrients that they need. Okay, so I want to go through five things that you need to understand about carbohydrates if, if you are looking to burn fat, to minimize hunger, to eliminate cravings, not just manage them, but eliminate them and have more energy. So if those aren't your goals, if you're not looking to burn fat, to reduce hunger, to completely eliminate your cravings and have more energy, then don't sweat it. Keep doing what you're doing or thinking what you're thinking. But it is not. This is not a game of eat more fat and protein. And that's where I think a lot of people get into trouble because they're just taking a very narrow view. When they switch to more whole foods or they consider paleo or primal, they think fat, protein, fat, protein. As long as I avoid carbs, I'm good. And it's not about that. It's not about counting carbs or staying under a certain number of calories from carbohydrates. The carbs are not the reason you're hungry. They could be, but it's not that the carbs are bad. It's the lack of control of blood sugar and insulin that we want to avoid. And we got to realize too, and we'll talk about this in detail, protein can lead to lack of control of blood sugar and insulin. So if we don't have a more objective view of all this stuff, we can really be setting ourselves up for having a difficult time and not getting the results that we want to get. So we're going to talk about five different things and dive into some more detail, and, and let's just go ahead and do that. Many people take the approach of cutting carbs and then feeling like foods that are fat and protein rich are essentially free, so long as they stay away from carbs. And we cannot classify one thing, like carbs, as bad and then decide that everything other than carbs is therefore good and or unlimited. That approach can backfire, and it can backfire in several ways that I want to talk about. It can backfire if you are missing out on critical nutrients, which you will be if you are not really emphasizing and focusing on and building your plate based on these non-starchy vegetables that we talked about.
And in the last two episodes of the podcast, we were talking about the dangers of being overfed and undernourished. And the fast track to overfed and undernourished is eating a diet rich in processed foods or having too narrow of a view of eating for fat loss and just focusing on fat and protein without regard for nutrition. Those veggies, if you aren't emphasizing them, they deliver the vitamins and minerals that are required for metabolism. And metabolism has everything to do with three pretty important things. Number one, health. Number two, energy. And number three, fat loss. And this was really the the subject of the last two episodes, but it's worth repeating. If you compromise your metabolism by not giving your body the essential nutrients it needs for metabolism, then you cannot extract nutrients from your food. You have a decreased ability to deliver nutrients throughout your body, right, which impacts your energy, and your body doesn't have the tools that it needs to break down your stored body fat for fuel. So please eat your veggies. Now, like sidebar here, I love Brussels sprouts. If you don't love Brussels sprouts, don't eat Brussels sprouts. If you don't like broccoli, I don't like broccoli, don't eat broccoli. There are so many vegetables that I am certain you can find one you love or prepared in a way that you love, all right? I don't like to roast my Brussels sprouts. For some reason, they taste different to me. I just don't like that. So I don't roast my Brussels sprouts. Find a few things that you really love and adore. You guys will see when I share my meals that I tend to eat the same kinds of vegetables over and over again because they're my favorites, right? I don't have to eat things I don't like. I'm not a big fan of zucchini, so you won't see a lot of zucchini on my plate. I'm not a big fan of broccoli, so you won't find a lot of broccoli on my plate. I'm not saying like choke down food you don't love. I'm saying find the foods you love and do not underestimate the role that vegetables play, not just in like, oh, I should eat them because they're healthy, I should eat them because they help me burn fat. They help me control my hunger. They help me reduce my cravings and they help increase my energy. I remember very, very, very clearly uh, one dinner time when I was growing up and asparagus was the vegetable of the evening and I wouldn't touch it. And I wasn't allowed to go to my softball game. It's like the one minute that I played softball in my whole life. I don't play sports that have small balls because I'm afraid of them. But anyway, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother line of jokes for the day. (laughs) But, you know, I just sat there staring at cold asparagus forever. Like, don't eat stuff you don't love. If you don't love Brussels sprouts, don't eat them. But please, please, please make sure that you are really emphasizing vegetables and that you are understanding that they are carbohydrates and we do not need to fear carbohydrates in general. Another way that this can backfire, looking at carbs as bad and then deciding that protein and fat therefore are good, is we can eat too much of these things, the protein and the fat. And we're going to talk more about that specifically, especially as it relates to protein. But ultimately, overfueling your body is overfueling your body, regardless of whether you're choosing healthy or fat loss friendly things. There is nothing in excess that is fat loss friendly. Nothing, right? And this viewpoint can backfire also if you are not eating enough. 
Because if you are not eating enough, your body is going to fight against that and it is going to reduce your metabolic rate and continuously sound the alarms of hunger and cravings. And you might feel like, I'm tough, I can ride it out. But for how long, right? For how long can you battle that with your willpower? And the other thing is, even if you're like, the toughest person and the most, you know, motivated and with the most willpower in the world, that hunger sensation, not giving your body enough fuel, that triggers stress hormones in your body. So at that point, it's not a willpower issue. I'm sure you're really tough and strong. It becomes a hormonal issue. And this hormonal issue makes fat burning more difficult and messes with all of your hormones, okay? Now, a lot of people, the second point I want to talk about is that a lot of people, when they cut out carbs, they are just focusing on anything to fill the void, right? And what I mean by that is oftentimes opting for anything that looks like it has an absence of carbohydrates, right? So sugar-free or no-carb kind of stuff. And what they do is they pour into their diet all sorts of highly processed, nutrient-void junk food. Sugar-free junk food is still junk food. Zero-carb junk food is still junk food. And I have said this before, but I want to challenge you to ask yourself, if I eat this, what is it giving to my body? I've shared before about how as a kid, when I was put on Weight Watchers as like an eight-year-old, I used to eat the crap out of sugar-free jello, right? And if I asked myself that question, like, what is this giving my body? junk, right? Artificial colors, artificial flavors, no nutrients at all. And the other problem with this, focusing on anything that says no carb or sugar-free, is that we are fueling a very terrible and destructive habit of fixating on food and fueling this notion that we just always have to have something, right? And for me, I was constantly snacking, and as long as I felt like it was harmless, I was always focusing on food. Always focusing on food and introducing artificial junk, right, that becomes incorporated into the fabric of my body or your body, right? We don't just eat food and then excrete it. Like, no, it becomes us. It's not a cute cliche, you are what you eat. No, what you eat becomes incorporated into your cells. So do you want processed junk making up the fabric of your cells? Don't tell me for one second that that does not have a long-term impact on your health. Of course it is. Or the other side of this coin, right? Maybe you're not focusing on all the sugar-free, low-carb, blah, blah, blah. Maybe you're just eating too much of what you consider the good stuff, right? The mindset of searching for healthy things you can keep around and losing sight of the fact that there is nothing that is fat loss friendly when eaten in excess. Nothing. And we're going to talk more about cravings in a minute, but I get dozens of emails each week along the lines of, what's something I can have? What's something healthy I can have when I have a chocolate craving or a salty craving? And my response is, are you hungry? And the response is just very casually like, no, 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 I just, I just have a craving for chocolate or salt. There is nothing that is healthy to eat when your body doesn't need fuel. So cutting back on carbs and then overeating fat or protein will backfire. That will not get you where you're trying to go. 
Now, specifically, I want to talk about overeating protein. Lots of times when people decide that carbs are the bad guy, that makes protein the good guy and will overdo it on the protein. And I've shared with you guys, especially in episode 123 that I will link to in the show notes, that I used to do this too, right? A protein bar or a protein shake or an extra piece of chicken or an extra big steak that's the size of my face. We don't need that. Now, protein is great. And it's absolutely required for healing and repair and for the production of antibodies that can help keep you healthy. Plus, it's the most satiating of all of the macronutrients. But when we feel like we're controlling blood sugar and insulin by avoiding carbs, and so we'll just eat more protein, we might not be controlling blood sugar and insulin the way that we think we are. Remember, it's not the carbs that are the bad guy. It's lack of control of blood sugar and insulin. And protein does impact blood sugar and insulin when we consume too much. It doesn't matter if it is a protein shake or a chicken breast. It can increase blood sugar, and create an insulin response when eaten in excess. So please do not see protein as healthy and therefore unlimited. Nothing is unlimited, right? There is no storage form for protein in the body. When we consume more protein than our body needs, whatever amino acids it doesn't need for immediate energy or healing, repair, and recovery, is converted to glucose. So for me, when I was getting double chicken this and protein shake out of a flour vase that, literally that happened, I was increasing my blood sugar and I thought that I wasn't. This is why so many people will try to go into ketosis and fail to do so because they're overeating protein and that is elevating their blood sugar. Now, everybody's protein needs are different based on body weight, body composition, activity level, right? But for those of us who are seeking fat loss, I hate to break it to you because it was a sad day for me when I realized I was overeating protein, but we don't need double meat. We don't need massive protein shakes. Fat is going to impact your blood sugar the least, and then protein and then carbohydrate, which impacts it the most, right? Different carbohydrates impacting it in different ways. But we cannot go carte blanche on the protein and expect to control blood sugar and insulin. Doesn't happen that way. All right. Misunderstanding carbs at night is another real common misconception about carbohydrates and cravings that I see tripping people up, right? So they kind of take this carbs at night concept, which I've talked about in many previous episodes, as permission to indulge in pretzels and cookies so long as the sun has set, right? And I want to say this, the whole notion, the idea of the golden rules of carbs and fat loss that I teach in a lot of detail in the Carb Strategies e-course is that it's it's okay and it can be good to have those starchy carbs from whole food sources at your dinner time meal, right? Especially if you are a woman who is dealing with high stress or adrenal fatigue, that can really be helpful to you. I am not saying no go on the sweet potatoes or the rice, but the golden rules in carbs and fat loss teach you to have that in a limited quantity from a whole food source at your dinner time meal. But that carbs at night does not mean like, oh, so that's the right time to have pretzels and cookies, okay? In general, 
I really want to encourage you to avoid eating within three or four hours of bedtime. So for those of you who are snacking on the carby stuff at night, right before bedtime, you are setting yourself up for a lack of results because that is not representing control of blood sugar and insulin. So here's what I want to explain. Eating in general increases cortisol. Okay, so when we have a meal, we see a little bit of an elevation in cortisol. Now, the more overweight you are, the more significant this increase is. So if we have a healthy weight person having a meal, they might see a little bit of a blip on the cortisol radar. We give the same meal to an overweight person and we're going to tend to see more cortisol produced in response to eating based on just the fact that you're overweight. Okay, we do not want to have this significant increase in cortisol or even an insignificant uh, increase in cortisol near bedtime. Because as we talked about in episode 16 of the podcast way back when last year, cortisol and melatonin work like a seesaw. Anything we do to increase cortisol is going to decrease melatonin, and melatonin is the hormone that helps us to fall asleep and stay asleep. All right. Now, there's another factor at play here related to not eating within a few hours of bedtime. And I got an email about it this week and it was a great point. And this email basically said, why do you suggest eating carbs at night if eating at night, increasing insulin at night suppresses human growth hormone? So let me break that down a little bit. Human growth hormone is obviously a hormone. It's our anti-aging healing and recovery hormone that pretty much works while we sleep, all right? And it is true that insulin suppresses HGH. However, human growth hormone, HGH. However, if we are truly following the golden rules of carbs and fat loss, and I go into way more detail on those golden rules in that carb strategies course, then we are not spiking insulin in the evening, When we follow the golden rules of carbs and fat loss, right, we are eating a whole food carbohydrate higher in fiber with protein in a moderate amount at dinner time, right? We are not talking about having a cupcake an hour before you go to bed or having a handful of pretzels as you shut things down for the night and head up to get ready for bed, okay? So, Insulin is a dose-dependent response. If you were going to have, say, breadsticks or a bowl of pasta at dinner time, that is going to create a much more significant insulin response than what we would see if you're truly following the golden rules of carbs and fat loss. But if you are saying like, oh, carbs at night, so I'm going to have my crackers an hour or two before I go to bed, That is going to increase your blood sugar and your insulin much more significantly. You're going to suppress melatonin, and you're also going to suppress human growth hormone. So let's understand that there is a massive difference between a cookie 30 minutes before bed and having a half a sweet potato with some chicken three hours before bed when you have dinner. All right, so we're going to talk about cravings specifically here in a second, but indulging those late night cravings with a handful of pretzels or some ginger snaps, no bueno for fat loss, no bueno for sleep, no bueno for healing and recovery and anti-aging, just no bueno at all. I should really learn Spanish because I say that a lot. All right, let's talk specifically about cravings, a mistake that people make or a misunderstanding about cravings 
is that we should just ignore the craving or indulge the craving intelligently. And that is not correct. We need to listen to the craving, understand it, pay attention to it, and then make changes to eliminate it. Cravings are signs that you're not doing exactly what you need to be doing to control insulin. Now, there are other factors related to cravings in terms of amino acid deficiency and whatnot, but specific to lack of blood sugar control, one of the things we'll see is cravings. We do not have to deal with cravings. Cravings are a direct result of poor blood sugar control and lack of insulin management, all right, as well as hunger, as well as low energy. And I talk a lot more about understanding these signals, what they mean, what they could mean, how you can change them in the carb strategies course. But I want to hit the highlights today and share some research with you. First of all, as I've said before, cravings are not mandatory. They are not like a natural part of life and we just need to be tough, right? You can and should eliminate cravings. I know for me and for many of you guys, I think I lived with them for so long And I felt so controlled by them and so powerless that I was frustrated all the time. But what I want to help you do is eliminate them. Cravings are usually a result, most often, of habit, right? You crave sugar every night because you eat sugar every night and your body's just expecting it. Or hormonal signaling, your body letting you know that something isn't going quite right. And either way, you can adjust both of these. You can break the habit and you can adjust your hormone balance to eliminate the cravings. And you can do this with specific food and lifestyle choices. Understand that your body wants to keep your blood sugar steady, level, not wavering, right? And when you have carbs at a less than ideal time of the day or you eat carbs that trigger blood sugar instability, your body feels all out of whack. It knows that blood sugar isn't stable. It goes way up and it comes way down and your body wants to stabilize it. And to trigger you to make that happen, it sends you signs, signals via hunger and cravings. This is not a result of carb consumption in general. It is a result of specific types of carbohydrates that don't allow you to moderate your blood sugar. I do not want you to ignore your hunger and craving. Seriously, the whole notion of distracting yourself, calling a friend, take a bath. What do I do when I'm, you know, when I'm having a craving and somebody says, call a friend, take a bath, go for a walk. No, no, no. That is like turning a deaf ear to a signal, an important signal that your body is sending you or clipping the wire for the check engine light in your car so that you don't see that there's a problem. We want to pay attention. We want to lean in. We want to understand so we can solve the problem and eliminate it, not just ignore it. Let me read you for a second an excerpt from a book that I'm totally loving called Always Hungry by Dr. David Ludwig. And I'm going to link to this book in the show notes page over on primalpotential.com. But he's talking about what happens in the body when we consume foods like processed carbs that send our blood sugar soaring. He says, insulin ushers calories into fat cells, but restricts their passage back out. Consequently, the body starts to run low on accessible fuel within a few hours, more quickly than normal. When that happens, the brain registers a problem and transmits an unmistakable call for help. 
in the form of rapidly rising hunger. Eating is a sure and fast way to increase the supply of calories in the blood and processed carbohydrates act the fastest. The brain exploits this fact, making us crave starchy sugar foods more so than anything else. So we don't need to respond with more willpower to our cravings. We don't need to resist them. We need to change our eating habits so that we can eliminate them. And we do this in part by what I call the golden rules of carbs and fat loss. Before we wrap up, I want to share with you some really interesting research that was actually done by this Dr. Ludwig I just mentioned. And this was published a few years ago in the Journal of Pediatrics. So they took a group of adolescent boys and these boys got one of three different breakfasts. Breakfast number one was instant oatmeal, highly processed, right? Going to impact that blood sugar more. The second breakfast was steel cut oats, less processed, more fiber. So it's going to impact the blood sugar a little less. Breakfast number three was an omelet and fruit, the least processed and going to impact blood sugar, the least of all three. All right. So with both of the oatmeal breakfasts, we see a much more significant increase in blood sugar and insulin, right? As expected. After only one hour, the group that ate the instant oatmeal saw their blood sugar begin to crash. Four hours after the instant oatmeal breakfast, blood sugar was even lower than it was prior to eating. So your body is going to respond with hunger and cravings really strongly, right? So this instant oatmeal group saw a larger spike in blood sugar and a much faster and more severe drop. They had far more hunger and cravings than the other two groups. Now, something that was seen in the instant oatmeal group that was not seen in the steel cut oats group or the omelet group was that there was a major surge of adrenaline, one of our stress hormones, in the instant oatmeal group about four hours after eating, all right? In the steel-cut oats group and the omelet group, adrenaline stayed constant. But what this tells us is that to the brain, the instant oatmeal group, they were having a true metabolic crisis, Blood sugar peaked, it crashed really quickly, and went even lower than it was before they had eaten anything at all. So these three groups, they then had the same meal for lunch, either instant oats, steel-cut oats, or an omelet and fruit. And then after lunch, all three groups were free to eat as much or as little as they wanted from big food platters, everything from like cookies, cheese, cold cuts, bagels, cookies, you name it. The instant oatmeal group, ate the most, about 1,400 calories per person. Compared to the group that had the steel cut oats, they only ate 900 calories. And the group that had the omelet, they only ate 750 calories. More hunger and more cravings as a direct result of the blood sugar and insulin response and the stress response. So when we understand these principles and when we apply them consistently, we control our appetite more naturally and we reduce hunger. Obviously, that makes it far easier to make good food choices. We eliminate cravings. 
it's so much easier when we're not battling that intense, stressful and urgent desire for a cookie. We increase our body's ability and willingness to burn fat and we significantly increase our energy. So it is possible to reduce hunger while losing fat. It is possible to not have cravings while losing fat. It is possible to be full of energy while losing fat when you apply the right strategies. So I'm going to link in the show notes since it just came back online last week and it had been down since December the 1st, longer than I anticipated. I apologize for that, but it is back. And I'm going to link to that Carb Strategies course in the show notes page, or you can just click on Transformation Tools at the top of Primal Potential if you want to know more about that. There is an intro video that you can watch for free right on that page that will tell you more about the course and what it includes and what you can expect to get out of it, but primarily what you can expect to get out of it as faster fat loss, more energy, elimination of cravings, and less hunger, which is the name of my game. I'll tell you that right now. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know I did. We will be back in a couple of days with another episode. And if you have questions, please do not hesitate to let me know. That is why I am here. Have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there. Hey Houston, Con's prices are invincible. That means prices have been cut low, as in amazingly low, as in won't be beat. In fact, we're backing it up with our low price guarantee. Invincible prices on appliances, furniture, electronics, mattresses, and more. Not invincible enough for you? How about free next day delivery on appliances, TVs, and mattresses? And payment options for everyone, whether you have good credit or building it. Visit Con's today and find out what invincible feels like.